It's the Score North Twin Show. And it's a Feedback Friday edition of the Score North Twin Show here, where we turn the show over to you guys, and we stockpile some of your questions, comments, concerns, critiques about the Twins, about the show, whatever it is. There's two great places for you to send those comments. Uh, Via email, there's a feedback tab inside the Score North app. You can always hit us up throughout the week there. And then we're perusing through the YouTube comments, too, and we take some of the ones that we feel like could lead to good discussions. So, And we'll do an Immaculate Grid for the uh, second time this week. New categories all over the place. I haven't looked at the grid today, but they've got, like, wins above replacement, like it's, making Judd's head spin. They are all spin. over the map. They're all I over like the it. map now. I like a lot it. of stuff. That's okay. it's, uh, it's kind of fun. It's, it's a little more flavor, I guess, so it doesn't get yeah. stale. If you've missed any of our hot stove discussions, we had one regarding center field on Monday, I believe it was. And then yesterday we did a number two starter discussion. And there are other options. Like I've seen some people throwing out, hey, for the center field discussion, why didn't you guys talk about Cody Bellinger? We should have like a like Cody Bellinger is going to get paid. He's a starting center fielder. But there, there are more discussions about like free agents and stuff that we will sprinkle in here. Between now and the uh, the winter meeting, so if you guys are ready, I'll uh, unleash some comments and feedback here. Bring it up, right. Mark John ninety four oh four says, "Why would you guys want to replace Sonny Gray with Tyler Glass now? Glass now can't stay healthy. I just don't know what would possess anybody to want to rely on him with how little he's played." We did this discussion yesterday about Glass now. Uh, he has great stuff, but that's nothing if he can't stay healthy. I'd rather spend less money and take the risk on someone like Trevor Bauer. I think Trevor Bauer comes at a lower risk even because he's at least generally been reliable over the years health-wise. What do you think of that? Like, So Trevor Bauer, he settled he settled that big case, Yeah, and now I'm, he's technically a free agent this winter? I'm not, I'm not going near him. Not for And... and forget the trouble that that he was in recently i'm not going near him from a clubhouse perspective of he is a pain in the ass he is a pain in the ass and the twins have shown that they don't really have the infrastructure to handle that josh donaldson turned out to to be that and look just to be very clear i applauded that signing at the time because i thought that fire might help but Mm -hmm. it sounds like he was just a first class jerk and and when it comes to guys who are jerks I don't think there's been one who like the twins have squashed and been like, okay, you shut up and do your job. Right. Mm -hmm. And because, I mean, that's not in Rocco's DNA. So if Rocco's going to manage this team, I don't think he really has the ability to what's the word, uh, suppress a mega personality who might be unlike Correa might be negative. Um, The glass now thing though, let's be clear about this because I saw this too. And I saw that we got a tweet about his playoff uh, struggles as well, which is a good point. But the Glasnow thing is not, I'm not picking Glasnow over Gray. I'm picking contracts. Well, and Gray, and, but Gray could, it's not about even picking Sonny Gray. The Twins might want to pick Sonny Gray, but he might want to pick someone else because he's a free agent. And I don't want to sign him to a three, year, a three to five year contract. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm picking, I, I'm picking the fact that Glasnow is one year, very expensive, but I know exactly what that price is. And then, you know what? If it works, great. If it doesn't, I'm not stuck with three more years of Tyler Glass now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and Bauer was, I mean, he won the Cy Young in the pandemic-shortened season. He was really good with the Dodgers before basically putting on the restricted list and hasn't pitched in the majors since. He was in Japan, I believe, last year, right? 
Um, I don't know. I, I just think there's better options out there than going after Trevor Bauer, who's now 32, 33 years old. I'd rather take the chance of bringing someone in like a Tyler Glasnow or re-signing Sonny Gray probably before I look at Trevor Bauer. Bauer is super interesting just as a pitcher mm-hmm. because he's younger than Sonny Gray. He's like 32. Feels like he's been around forever because he came up when he was in his early 20s. Derek Falvey has a connection to him in Cleveland. Now, we don't necessarily know, does Trevor Bauer like Derek Falvey? Does that connection matter? But, you know, Falvey came up through the ranks on the pitching side of Cleveland's front office, and and Trevor Bauer was there honing his craft. Uh, The Twins have shown a propensity to take pitchers and elevate them, right? Like Pablo Lopez is better. Sonny Gray had maybe the best season of his career. They've there's some other examples where maybe it didn't work out so well early, like Lance Lynn. But lately, the Twins have, have pretty much honed their process for getting some of these guys in the door. So they could pitch to Trevor Bauer. Like, you're familiar with Falvey. You saw the run that we went on. You know, you could come to the Midwest. You, you, you thrived in Cleveland and Cincinnati. Come on into a low-key situation here. Like, I could, I could see it. Mm-hmm. Independent of some of the legal stuff. And by the way, like, even after that case was settled, there's been some additional pushback. Like that's still a really murky situation, maybe not legally anymore, but it's, you can't just bring him in and everything's great. Trevor Bowers here. Like there's going to be questions and there's going to be some blowback maybe in the community. It's, it's just the reality. So I do remember a, a colleague of ours who was connected to Bauer told, told us one, told me one time uh, that in 2018, 19, because he got traded from Cleveland to Cincy. I believe I think that was 2018. He did. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got tuned into Mackie and Judd in 2019 yeah. and listened to a trade deadline special and apparently turned it off after about 90 seconds of listening to Mackie and Judd talk uh, MLB trade deadline. He wasn't parts. a fan. He wasn't, wasn't a fan. fan. <laughs> he wasn't yeah. a fan. Yeah. <laughs> but what, I just... were we, we were talking about the Twins trading for him. I don't know if it was even for him, but um, yeah, he like he caught a hot stove trade deadline discussion towards towards the end of like the 2018-19 trade deadline, and he was not a fan. You got, it was relayed back. He, Maybe he, he just doesn't understand the reckless speculation yeah. lifestyle. Reckless speculation. You know, not everyone can handle it. I just think that that this team has proven one thing in the past, well, since 2018 or 19, and that, that's the fact that they a personality like that I would not introduce to this clubhouse. I don't care what he can do or can't do. I we're, we're yet to see it work. Like like if you're not a positive influence, Nelson Cruz, Correa, right? Like th- those guys have huge personalities, but they're very positive. Yeah. But name me the last like volatile player the Twins brought brought in and controlled. Yeah, I don't know that you need to do that. Like that's that's, that's the other thing. It's like if you're kind of on the fence about it, it doesn't. Yeah. You've got something really good going here. There's other options. I'll say this, though. If he's pitching at the level he was two or three years ago, in terms of just pitching options, he oh, yeah. could be a great mm-hmm. addition. But there's other baggage that you'd have to be concerned about. And if Gray would come come back on a two-year contract at the Twins' terms, that's my first choice. I just don't think that's a that's a realistic conversation. TK Fair 73 says, No talk about Tyler Malley for this number two starter discussion. I think he would be cheap, and he has the upside to be Ooh. a number two. So he is a free agent, and he's been rehabbing. Obviously, when did he get that surgery? It's like it was uh, like May, early right? in the season. Yeah, so May he's not even going to be ready for opening no. day. No, he'll be out for a good portion, I think, of next season, won't he? 
Also, one of the things that we're trying to, I think, I don't, you know, I'll speak for me anyways. As you're building this thing to be better in 2024, hope can't be your strategy. If you want to bring back Tyler Malley on a one-year reclamation deal and he's like the sixth guy waiting for someone else to get hurt and he, you know, he's in the back end of your rotation, okay. But if your strategy is let's sign Tyler Malley, hope that he can be ready in April or May, and then hope that he's pitching at his peak after Tommy John surgery and he can be one of your playoff rotation starters, that is not a strategy for getting better in 2024. I'm not anti-Malley. I'm just anti-like Malley as your number two or number three starter. Considering the Maeda and Paddock timelines, I think Malley will be at best late next season. I mean, yeah, they probably... So, like, it's not even a... Yeah, I think they had the surgeries, like, basically around the same time of their right. respective injuries, right? Yes. So, so uh, it would be a totally twins thing to do this and try and bring him back, but he yeah. can't. he's not even a discussion point for opening day in the rotation. Yes. Okay, uh, Urban Champ says, to make money, you got to spend money. The first mistake the Twins made was not putting a roof on the stadium when they built Target Field in 2009. Hey, Rami, Rami, quit posing as different yeah, people. Rami, come on. Is this Rami Makloff, our old, uh, our old uh, Score North band member? Not going to sell out every game in April, May, and September when it's in the 30s. I mean, they did. They had a chance to put a roof on that thing or a retractable roof, and they just said it was more about the skyline, is what they said. But, uh, it was like an extra $150 million, I think, to put that roof on. I think they actually, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the footprint of the current stadium would not have allowed the stadium to be big enough to put a roof on it. Okay. But there was a design, and it was actually very cool. I want to say um, near U.S. Bank Stadium that would have been right on the water, which would have been awesome oh, if yeah. they could have put a roof on. Where the right by where Mackey is, right? Right the yep. is not is it the Orpheum? What is the I always mix uh the, what's the big Guthrie. The Guthrie. The Guthrie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like right in that gold medal park is where they were gonna put the stadium. Yes. And that so, I think could have had a roof. So would you guys, if you could go back, would you want Target Field to have a retractable roof? No. No, no. I spent the I, I'm scarred baseball wise. So the prime years of my life from the age of 12 to 40, and, and I know that we've come a long way from the dome. Okay. So I get that. I work. It, it's not domes now, but they played indoors. I love going to an outdoor ballpark and that's the key word ballpark. And Mil- look, Milwaukee with a roof, which was built circa what? 2000. I'm sorry. And we could go back and forth. That stadium does not like if, if you're like, okay, go watch a ball game in, Target Field or State Farm Family Insurance, whatever the hell it's called. AmFam. 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 Thank you. It's Miller Park. But anyway, it's not even close to me. I'm I'm not sure about you guys, but I'm going to go to Target Field every single time. I love that ballpark. Yeah. The only time I hesitate, obviously, is like, okay, so it's going to be 34 degree high this weekend. If the Twins ever do make it to the later stages of October. We haven't had to worry about that. I know. So I'm good. And it would be nice sometimes in April, but but I still think the May, June, July, August, September nights, like even early October, dude, it is oh, man. beautiful. It's top five ballpark in all of baseball. It's fantastic. Let's see here. Uh, Frankie Zobitz. It's a cool name. Frankie Zobitz chimes in. He says, I love the take of for trading for glass now if the price is right. If I'm the twins, here's another one. 
I'm calling the Angels about Reed Detmers, starting pitcher Reed Detmers. Ooh, that's interesting. Young, left-handed starting pitcher that fits the age of some of the guys in the organization. So Reed Detmers, uh, I believe he threw a no-hitter in 2022, and uh, he wasn't quite as good last year. He still has like four years of team control left, so that he's a bright young starting pitcher, was a former first-round draft pick out of Louisville, so it's the type of guy that you're not just going to be able to Hey, Trevor Larnick, we'll give right. you a, you know, we'll give you a Jose Miranda. Right. You'd be getting a legit high upside left-handed starting pitching option that would be in your rotation for four more years. So this would be a lot more like the Luis Arise trade for Pablo Lopez, mm-hmm. where you'd have to give up something like, like an Edward Julian or something would, would be the, like, would you be willing to trade Edward Julian for like, say a number two, number three starting pitcher? Basically the same trade you made last year, yeah. trading Luis Arise. Ooh, boy. Yeah, Brooks Lee coming up. So Brooks yeah. Lee's you know, no, no, there's point, a, getting to play second base, you know. I'm pondering this. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about this. Like, like this is I this is not a dismissal of, you know, no way I can't do that. Um I got Brooks Lee coming up. Julian is a guy <laughs> he's arise too in some ways because he gives you great at bats, but he's a guy who who probably you could argue doesn't have a position. Um, you bring you know, I, Polanco comes back on okay. the option, so he's your second baseman. This might sound know. crazy. I I would need to look into Reed Detmers a little bit more, but that type of trade, yes, I think I would do it. Hmm. Yes, and I then, think and then I you'd would. say goodbye to Sonny Gray, obviously. Yep, but but what's his? Uh, What's his uh, status as far as how many as wins did he have? Things. No, no. Judd's no, like, how many wins time. did he have? Yeah, no, he didn't have a lot of wins. I mean, look, that Angels team is a complete mess. Yeah, he was so, the, he was the tenth overall pick in the draft in twenty twenty. And he so, is I mean, not he's... a free agent until two thousand twenty eight. Yes, Correct. I I would do this trade. Mm-hmm. This is a great I love this. I love this reckless speculation. Yeah. And right now he's Good on job. that he's on that pre arbitration seven hundred thousand dollars. Uh yeah. Oh, that you're looking for to the guy who sent this in? Is that what you're I, I said, yeah, his name. I can't. Re- I can't recall. Uh, Frankie Zobitz. Frankie. Frankie. Zobitz. Frankie. Great job, Frankie. Um, Dex, would you do it? I don't think so. I don't think I would trade Julian. I. You can't just get in the habit of once you get a good OBP guy, you got to trade him for pitching all the time. And I, I like what Edward Julian can bring from an offensive perspective. I'd rather explore another trade option or another just external option to bring in another starter than getting rid of Julian. Yeah, I'm I'm here to explore everything. Ju- Julian as an on-base machine is super valuable in this lineup. So, I told you guys this a few weeks ago as we're looking for some flexibility here, how do you make room for Brooks Lee at some point? I would tell Julian this this offseason. So, definitely keep practicing second base. That's great. You got better in the second half. You're going to need your glove there. Also, go buy a great first baseman's glove because and people might like Oh, you charge him? He doesn't Go buy he, one. He can expense it. One. No, he can expense it. This is typical no. cheap pole edge yeah. right now that they <laughs> won't even buy get your him. Own <laughs> Go to your equipment room and get him a first baseman. You put that. Ooh, ball that's in an A two thousand. that's gonna put be that ball in your glove. Spender. Put it underneath your mattress and box spring. You sleep underneath it. It's a whole thing. Edward, we told you no more gloves. Mom and dad can't afford anymore. Oh. Poor Eddie, gonna have to uh, dip, dip into his checking account to get a glove. But I would, I would have him be able to play some first base because Kirloff shoulder. If Brooks Lee's ready to rock and roll, or if you bring back Polanco, you know, I don't want Julian's only other spot to be DH. So, and if you put his weighted on base average or his, or even just like his OPS up against all the other first basemen, it's like top five. 
And it's not because of power as much. He does hit for some power, but he gets on base. So his bat plays better at first base than you would think traditionally thinking about like the big thumping first baseman. So. All right. We're here to explore all premises, Frankie Zobit. So we appreciate that one. Uh, Anthony Stewart chimes in and he says, Twins hitters saw 18 strikes incorrectly called against them throughout the playoffs, which was tied for the most. Pitchers had 20 strikes incorrectly called balls, which is the most. So they got screwed more than any other team with humans calling balls and strikes. 38 incorrect calls against the Twins. Texas was the next closest at the end of the Twins run with 27. It's time for automatic strike zones or a challenge system. How would you guys proceed? They, the Twins did get kind of screwed compared to other teams. Did you know, I don't think the, the umpires weren't out to get them. It just so happened that way. But what would you do if you said, if, if Rob Manfred said, okay, you get to decide Judd and Declan. What do we do with the automated strike zone or not in 2024? I like the challenge idea for a start because one, I think as a fan, like I, I like the idea of, of it adds, I mean, baseball's done a really good job. Again, I can't believe I'm saying this because I was such an anti Manfred guy before, but baseball's done a really good job in the last two years now of adding things that in my opinion, even as a guy that considered himself at one time a baseball traditionalist, I think makes the game more fun, like makes the game more entertaining. And and regular seasons in all sports, maybe aside from football, but definitely in hockey, baseball, and basketball, they're too long. It's why the NBA is sticking in a tournament to like spice things up. Yeah. So I think I would start with a challenge system. I think eventually it, no question, is going to go to an electronic strike zone system. Uh, but I think a happy medium would be to do what they introduced in uh, AAA this year, which is give the pitchers and hitters so many opportunities, and then they're done. So you got to be smart about it to challenge calls. Yeah. How, yeah, how many? I'm... Five, six. Five a game? Yeah, five, six. Mm-hmm. That'd probably five go by six. pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be. Uh, you got to use them strategically then too, right? Can't um, use them in the first. I, I, I'm, I'm for robot umpires at this point. Umpiring is, I, I swear, it's, I, maybe just because we have more information that Fox Box is on there, but I swear they've gotten so much worse. Maybe they just haven't. the information, but they, they, it's just awful watching umpiring where I'm audibly shouting out explicitives at the TV screen when there's just a terrible, terrible ball or strike call. So, yeah, I'm for the robot umpires, man. Yeah, I am too. I've been for 10 years. Pelissero and I used to do 10 years ago on our like our early evening 1500 ESPN radio show, we would we would talk about robot umps and deliver stories about you know ump, ump shows and stuff. So I, I've been on board with this for 10 years. I think you start with the challenge system. It's baseball. Baseball needs to like take a step here before they go all in. Plus, I think the challenge system, it makes it more entertaining because it's like there's strategy involved. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. As a fan, I would enjoy that. Do you, do you do you have to allow the players to challenge? I know that in the minor leagues, don't the players have the power to challenge? The manager can't. So can you train your players to not just That's react like, hey, man, we only get five of these. There's two outs, nobody on, and you felt like you got screwed. That's fine, but don't use your challenge. The leadoff guy, I'm going to challenge that one, and now I'm going to challenge that <laughs> like yes. Burns them all in the same yes. at that. But it is funny that in 2023 going into 2024, and the world is so advanced technologically. You know, we now have 
if you're rich enough, we've got these like MRI machines that will scan your body for cancer now, right? We've got AI technology that will write entire essays for you and take the place of humans. But in Major League Baseball, that close pitch on the corner, we got to make sure we refer to Lance Barksdale, right? Like, you know, it's great when he just punches him out. (laughs) Chris Conroy, you know. But have you so so here's where here's where I actually feel that, that they have not gotten worse and probably 25 years ago were much worse. Do you guys watch when, and I think it started in the league championship series where they re- regularly use the umpire uh, cam. So there's a, mm-hmm. there's like a, and when they take that shot, which is a really, really cool shot, you how difficult it. that yeah. job would be. Oh yeah. It's impossible. Like you are looking at a guy throwing and, and the thing is now think about the guys that throw a hundred ninety eight consistently. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that ball is like for us, we're literally watching from behind home or from behind center field. We got a box that we can see. And so mm-hmm. it's like, how do you miss that call? And then you see it from the, the helmet cam thing. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. They're also so, like, oftentimes, if like they're trying to duck behind the catcher, their first priority is to make sure they don't get smoked by a foul ball. Yes. Their second priority is to make sure that they can call the pitch. Mm-hmm. So if the catcher is lined up a little further outside or something, right? Like they, so this is on the YouTube channel here for the audio audience. Explain. Like, here's the box that I'm in, right? right. Well, I'm going to be over here if the catcher is. Right. Now I'm looking at an angle. It just doesn't, it's 2000. And it's not, we rip on the umpires and it's fun to like sit here and be like, you know, I got to, got to make sure Todd Tickner, you know, flips that coin on that close pitch or Angel Hernandez. But you're asking humans to do something that isn't fair anymore. And and it's like the fact that we can watch in 4K definition on TV with a box and it shows, oh, that pitch was like a hair outside. That umpire's an idiot. No, that umpire's actually, those umpires are actually probably better at calling balls and strikes than in the 150-year history of baseball. But technology has surpassed what humans are capable of seeing at 100 mm-hmm. miles an hour. So, and I'm not saying this because the Twins got screwed necessarily. It's just, it's time, yeah. Major League Baseball. Yeah, how, how about this? Alex Kirloff, field the damn baseball. Correct. Yep. That might help a little bit too, right, Declan? Oh my God. I I I've already exercised my feelings on this. Oh. I don't want to rehash it again. I just wanted to get you worked up. Sorry. <laughs> oh God. Let's see here. Uh Robbie B says, when you guys were talking to Patrick Royce this week, you talked about the makeup. This is from last week, actually. You talked about the makeup of all the teams in the playoffs, noting that none of them had more than two starting pitchers, like good starting pitchers. So in my head, this proves bringing back Sonny Gray would be a mistake. I love Sonny, but would absolutely love to see him back. But I like the play. Uh, I feel like the playoffs prove the formula for winning in modern baseball is with bats. If you believe in Pablo, Joe Ryan, or Paddock to be a solid one-two punch, wouldn't spending any available capital on a bat make more sense? You could use another right-handed bat for sure. It'd be helpful. Yeah, but and I I don't don't think that you know I don't think that we're in a position here to say that pitching is not extremely important because we complained, I think rightfully so for years about the lack of top end guys. So like if it's bring back Sonny Gray or just for the sake of this conversation, exercise the options on Polanco and Kepler and keep them instead of trading them. I'm bringing back Gray. Yeah. Also, I think it's an oversimplification to say like, 
that you don't need Sonny Gray or a, or a pitcher that was of his caliber just because like, like you need really good starting pitching to just because there's maybe not as much with some of these teams or household names. You need both the twins. Part of the reason why the twins went so far this year is because they had what top five run prevention. So you, you need to prevent runs. And if you're taking Sonny Gray out and you're swapping in someone who's not nearly as good as Sonny Gray, then you're going to prevent fewer runs. And you can make up for it by scoring more runs, but at the end of the day, it's like losing weight. Calories in, you know, calories out in baseball, runs prevented and not. So I'd much rather run back the 2023 Twins in a, you know, simulated future playoff system than next to any other Twins team that's made the playoffs. Outside, I mean, of course, the World Series. I'm talking like the last 20 years. But like, Mm -hmm. I'd rather run back solid pitching and a solid bullpen over you know, a Bomba squad that had one good pitcher in it. Yeah. And that lineup too, by the end of the season, like the second half was also a top five lineup. So that's, and they just didn't do it at the same level outside of Royce Lewis and Carlos Correa, the rest of the line and Julian had a good postseason, but there is an interesting um, case to be made too to go down a path that Declan has talked about for a long time. If you look at what has gotten the Rangers to the world series, look at what the Rangers did starting with, and it's not that this guy's great, but starting with the acquisition from the Royals of Aroldis Chapman mm-hmm. and Montgomery then, like they did, the, the Rangers, to their credit, pounced on opportunity and really improved their team as the deadline neared. And, you know, I feel like that's some, something the Twins have dipped their toes in on. They certainly have screwed up before. Um, but Texas is Texas is the example of what you, I think, brought up yesterday, Phil, which is if you start the season with a rotation that you like, but don't love. And then come July, you're like, Oh my God, we're really pretty damn good to make that, to make that Montgomery trade, which has been absolutely instrumental. Cause I think he's been really, really good for the Rangers. Well, then the last one here, before we get to a grid Razorbacks one chimes in with that exact sentiment, which is the two, if the twins truly want to win a world series, look at what Texas has done sign or trade for, Semyon, Seeger, DeGrom, Scherzer, Montgomery, add talented players and prospects. Don't keep over-the-hill, often injured players like Buxton and Polanco. Uh, and and finally, while they have some value still, trade guys like Larnick and Miranda and Woods Richardson for pitching. Be aggressive and don't rely on hope. I generally agree with that sentiment, mm-hmm. especially when you're going into a window here. So... Good feedback session there today. We got an immaculate grid coming up. Speaking of uh, losing weight, calories in, calories out, Livia can give you some structure to mm-hmm. expedite that process. They uh, certainly can. A couple of years ago now, they helped me drop 40 pounds. If you're watching this right now on YouTube, you can see Sports Day on the left, Sports Day on the right. What happened? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. What happened was Livia Weight Control Centers, and they helped me. They can help you. I, I mean, I've talked about these stories, which include uh, Steve, who checked in with me a couple of years ago, or no, a year and a half ago, and said, Judd, should I join this program? And I'm like, give it a shot, man. It works. And and he was trying to drop substantial weight. Well, guess what? Got a note from him on Sunday, down at 98 pounds, one Boy, pound Steve. from his goal. Congratulations, dude. That's fantastic. Look, guys, this program works. Because it is a lifestyle change, but you don't have to change your life. It works because they will help you not only lose weight, but keep the weight off. This is a perfect program because it is really, in my opinion, pretty simple. 
but it also helps you change habits that, you know, for years and years, you probably have had, which aren't great. And right now, three months free. That's right. If you join right now, if you decide, you know what, it's getting cold outside, but I sure don't want to gain more weight. You could actually lose weight. Three months free. 855 go livia dot com. Hey, we had uh, we had some hail a few times this summer. You know, it wasn't just bombas raining down. It was uh, it was hail cubes or hail golf balls. And so if you had some hail damage and you have an approved claim for a roof replacement, hire a pro is where you should turn because they can help you earn a profit on a hail claim. Now, roofers do this all the time when they ask for your insurance check. They just know what materials to order, the crew to hire, how to negotiate with insurance. Well, Hire a Pro takes care of all this for you so that you can be your own general contractor and earn what a roofing company would take in the profit. So uh, if insurance has approved your roof replacement, give Hire a Pro a call at 651-402-3400. That's 651-402-3400. Or visit them online at HireA.Pro. That's HireA.Pro. And one more shout out to our friends at Ugly Deck as well before we dive into this Friday Immaculate Grid. Ugly Deck. Get that deck in order for patio season next year. Judd, you're muted. Darn it. I'm sorry. I was shuffling my papers to get the ugly deck (laughs) copy, and I muted myself. Thank you, Declan. Why are those people dancing? Why are they so happy? Because you know what? Because they're unmuted. They're they're not muted. They're not muted. In fact, they're ecstatic because they have a new deck, and ugly deck wants to give you a beautiful deck, too. They're offering right now a reserve my deck package now special for the DIYer who wants to have a uh, build a deck in the spring and save huge. This is only for a limited number of customers who reserve their deck package now uglydeck.com offering up to $1,000 off a full deck package plus locked in 2023 pricing uglydeck.com will then deliver your deck package to your driveway by May 1st of 2024 and you're going to save as much as 10 grand <laughs> 10 grand oh, on your deck build let's go Remember, with Ugly Deck, you get free plans, a free coach, so like a coordinator giving you the play calls um, as you build this, access to their online deck build academy, and they will install your footings and ledger. You do the rest. You save huge. Uglydeck.com today. Click on the Reserve My Deck package now, and you know what? Go from your Ugly Deck to a beautiful deck thanks to Uglydeck.com. All right. Let's dive into an Immaculate Grid here. It's the Immaculate Grid Challenge where we are looking to go nine for nine. Interesting. Yep. Oh, very interesting. Okay. We have a new category here. Oh. So we're trying to, we'll start with a, a White Sox oh. who was a Rocky, a White Sox who was a Brewer, and a White Sox who was a National or an Expo. Then we're looking for a Red who was a Rocky, a Red who was a Brewer, and a Red who was an Expo or a Nat. And then we're looking for a 10-win season as a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Not 20, but a 10-win season as a pitcher. I love this. Who is a Rocky, this, a this Brewer, or and or a Washington National or Montreal Expo. All right. This is glorious. They're, the 10-win mm-hmm. options are, that opens up like oh, yeah. almost any pitcher. <laughs> ever, I love right? this grid. So obscure pitchers. I love this grid right now. This is my this one of my favorite. Uh White Sox and Rocky, Justin yep. Morneau. That's a good one. Should we former go with twins. that? If we can go former twins on a lot of these. Justin Morneau. Justin Morneau. Ooh, nine. 
Nine percent? A little higher than I would have liked. Not really an identifiable white sock at all. That's a, that surprises me. Oh, dude, nine percent? A little surprised me, to be honest. Well, there might not be a lot though. Uh, did uh, did Will remember that White Sox pitcher named Wilson Alvarez from the nineties? Mm-hmm. He definitely pitched for the the Brewers. Dodgers. Wasn't he? Brewers, I was gonna right? say he was a Brewer too, wasn't he? I think so. Wilson Alvarez. Dex, you got any thoughts? Uh, well, I do know Gio Gonzalez works for like three, I believe, of these squares. He definitely he White Sox. Uh, White Sox National National Ten win. I think mm-hmm. he also pitched for the Brew Crew at the end. Um, well, and that brings up a question: Do do we have um, a Jesse Orozco opportunity here? Uh, we we definitely do with Brewers. We definitely do with Kyle. With Kyle Loesch would work for Brewers, Reds, or ten win season for Brewers. Mm-hmm. Let's use. Uh, well, we have so many options here. Uh, let's do Kyle Loesch for the ten win Brewers. Okay. If you guys are good with that. Yep, mm-hmm. I'm good with that. I, mm-hmm. Kyle Loesch one of my all time favorites. Let's burn some former Twins here. One percent. Jeez, probably be lower than that. Um, hold on, Sam. Yeah. I'm writing down names. Wilson yeah. Alvarez, possible. Then we said, who was uh, Gio, Gio Gonzalez? Gio, Gio Gonzalez. Oh, that uh, defi- Adam Adam LaRoche. It could be high for Nats and Sox, but Adam LaRoche. How about this that one? Pretty, that's going to be pretty high. Okay. How about this one? This is taking a chance because the name the name is big, but I don't think he's recalled as a White Sox. Tim Rock Reigns. I do. I recall him. I recall him fairly exclusively as a White Sox because I was born in '85. Okay. Didn't Didn't LaRoche also play for the Reds? Did he? I don't remember Adam LaRoche playing for the Reds, but he could have. He could have. Um, uh, Again, might be higher, but there's options here. Uh, Adam Dunn would work for Nats Sox and Nats Reds. Yep. Mm -hmm. I love the Adam. I'm just writing names down here. Okay. Adam Dunn. Let's see here. So I'm thinking 90s here, too. I'm, I'm, I'm on the 10 win. I got my head in the 10 wins right now. Um, Reds, Brewers, Mike Moustakis would work. Yep. Moose. That would work. Might be high, but yeah. I need uh, I need some obscure Rockies pitchers that would have won. Uh, I mean, Ubaldo is the probably Ubaldo. the most yeah, popular one. one. Dude, Mike, Mike Hampton ever get to 10? Because he... Well, he here's flamed out with the Rockies, right? Or did he flame out with the Mets? Where was he good? No, he was he flamed out with the Rockies. The Rockies, time. right. He was good, he with, was the good with the Astros and good with the Mets, wasn't he? Yeah. Here's a question. Do we have the potential for 10-win relievers? Yes, we do. So Jesse Crane did it one time, but I think it was with the Twins, and so that okay. doesn't matter for us. <laughs> okay. But if you can think of 10-win relievers, I'm just trying to think of guys rare. That, get used, that get used a lot or that got used yeah. a lot. It's very rare that a reliever gets to 10 wins, obviously. Um, so in terms of uh, – so Gio Gonzalez would, would fit a 10-win mm-hmm. national. Or how, that might or, be a little higher. No. What about I, Expos back in the day? Steve, Steve, Rod, Steve Rogers was one of their, as I recall, was an ace. Um, he was an ace of that team. I don't think people remember him, though. Let's do it. So that okay. that might be good. Rogers, Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers. R O G E R S. Yep. Yep. Right there. Ten wins is not much. Yeah. Four. Four percent. So that tells me there's not that many. Oh. We're getting greedy now. We're like four percent. That's yeah. I was well. No, you are. I'm fine. I mean, one percent on low. I'm a little greedy. 
I was ecstatic. because the ten win category. There's so many options that we should be able to get really low scores. You know what I'm saying? Like if there's only four options, then you're going to get fifteen percent, twenty five percent. Okay, Rockies. Original Rockies ten wins. So original nineties Rockies, Phil. Nineties Rockies. Their pitching staffs were so obscure. Horrible. I feel like. I'm trying to think of those Rockies. I mean, the lineups are famous because oh, you had Galarraga, Larry Walker. Oswald? Roy Oswald? Did, Did he, he pitch win to the Rockies? I have no idea. He pitched, uh, I believe, at the end. After Philadelphia? Yeah, I thought. Because he went Astros-Phillies, right? <sighs> Astros-Phillies, Tex- Texas. Texas, too. Um, mm. we, we, we could table that one. Let's fill some of these other ones in here. So, All right. Um, White Sox, who do we say? We got uh, Tim Raines for a uh, – I mean, Tim Raines might work. That's early 90s, 80s stuff right there. That's 80s, more so 80s. Yep. Yeah. I think he was a White Sox. Nationals, right? Yes. Yeah. I think Rock was a White Sox by the 90s. Right? I'm going to guess 8%. I'm going to guess it's 8%. All right, let's see. 20. 20%, dude. Yeah. I, should, I, I pressure when Adam son, LaRoche. Son of a – yeah, son of a – should we try it now that we're now that we're kind of just screwed on the immaculate or on the rarity score? Yeah, uh, Will, should we try Wilson Alvarez for since we're going down the '90s path for Brewer, who was a White Sox? Sure, I don't. Yeah, you're pretty sure I'm. I'm pretty sure I'm Brewers. You're pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, Wilson Alvarez. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. No. Nope. God dang it. Oh. All right. This is just a wah, wah. Yeah, Geo. Geo would have worked. So Gio was a was a brewer at the end? Yeah. I think in the mm. pandemic season. He pitched yeah. a long time, actually. Try Moustakis for red and well, I mean, that, brewer. Yeah. It's going to be high. 30%. Yeah. 17. 17%. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, it it's matter. all over. <laughs> Buzzkill. Buzzkill. Adam Dunn, 29%. Yeah, that's, yeah, this is that's super high. Not and then the a 10-win Rocky. Again. Mike Hampton, did he get there? Or was he was he too bad? Yeah, yeah, no, what he was didn't. it? Eighteen. Eighteen oh, percent. Dang it! So let's see. Okay, okay. That's just not a great day for us, right there. There's only twenty nine national league teams too. Only twenty nine Rockies that have ever done this. Actually, That's a lot insane. have come recently. That's a in thirty years. Thirty years of Rockies yeah. baseball, they've had twenty nine ten win pitchers. Holy um, cow! So who, who's the most popular? Um, uh, answers. I'd be curious. Ubaldo. Mustakis for two of them. Ubaldo very clearly. Uh, Corbin oh, Burns, Steven Strasburg, Adam Eaton, Adam Alex Dunn. Burks. We are we are sniffing around like really popular answers here. I do like the ten win category, and I think that should stay. If any if any of the leadership of the Immaculate Grid happens to be listening to the end of a Tweet random twins podcast, the ten win category Jeff opens Francis. up a fun. Ellis Black Burks. Man. People remember that. I'm shocked he's the number one answer. Aaron Cook. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Jeff Francis, Aaron Cook. Good Lord. All right. All right well, okay. we came, we saw, we failed in our Immaculate Grid Sorry. challenge here on the Score North Twin Show. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We'll see you for some more off-season hot stove speculation next week.